In Titus 2, older women are commanded to teach what is good so they can help younger women love their husbands and children. On today's show, you'll hear from older women who will share timeless, relevant biblical wisdom and personal, profound life experiences to help answer your questions and teach what God says is good so you can be the wife and mother you were created to be. Welcome to another episode of Older Women Likewise. Good evening. We are so glad to have you all with us this evening. It's such a pleasure to welcome Julie back again and Colleen as well. So thank you so much for y'all being with us uh, this evening. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the joy of trusting the family of God. We talked about the joy of trusting in God and trusting God last week. Uh, But tonight, we want to talk some about trusting the family of God. Um, And I'd like for us to sort of look at the terms that we're talking about, too. When we talk about trust, when we trust, is it a feeling or is it an action? Uh, What do you ladies think about that? Which one do you think of it as? Julie, how about you? I think of it as acting on a feeling. And I know that may not be where, where you're headed with it, but... It, 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 it can be both. And I think the, the way that you feel about your brethren will lead you to trust and then you will act on that. Colleen, how about you? Well, ideally you feel it and act it and then the other people show that they are trustworthy. That's the ideal. Um, and as with emotions, we're supposed to feel and don't then the advice I think is start by acting. You know, for instance, if you're supposed, we are commanded to love others. So if you don't feel that love, then just start acting like you do. And hopefully through maturity and over time, you actually really will feel love for people. But, but with trust, I think that's just a little bit different. You're putting your, yourself, your resources, maybe even your reputation on the line. So, or, or your emote, your, your heart, your heart is on the line with people. So mm-hmm. I think we have to be cautious if someone is shown to be unreliable and, and not regretful about it. I don't know. I'll throw that out there as a, as a, maybe a little clinker for you to, right. <laughs> to, to see what you can say about that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think those are very good points that um, we feel or don't feel as though we trust someone and Sometimes we act in a trustworthy manner and other times we don't act very trustworthy. So um, I think it's interesting to think about that, that trust is that feeling, as Julie said, of, of putting someone else, or did you, Colleen said, I'm sorry, my mind gets gone, um, that, you know, we're putting our, not necessarily our lives because we're not living with them all the time, but, but we're certainly putting some of our resources, our reputation um, maybe if we share and trust them with an innermost feeling that they could hurt us. And many people have been hurt. Uh, in fact, I think it's the unusual person who has never been hurt by someone betraying a trust of theirs. So uh, it's hard to know which comes first, the action or the feeling. Um, and, and so, but they're, they they kind of go together. Julie? And I think it comes in degrees. 
like you, you, you mentioned earning trust. It comes in degrees. It's not, it's not all or nothing. Right. And we, we can trust with some and not uh, some, some parts of us we can trust. Right. As, and as that builds, what would be an example of this? I'm sorry. What would be an example of what you're talking about? I um, think an easiest way for me to say it, maybe if, if you've lost, if someone's lost your trust and they're trying to build it back, you don't immediately go in one. It's, it's or I should say it's hard to go in immediately 100% trusting them if they failed you before uh, in some way. I or think if, too, of, um, for example, if, if I'm su not suffering, but if I'm struggling with something, uh, of the doctrine of Christ, if I'm there's there's something that I'm having a hard time understanding or obeying, I might kind of sort of start with asking a question of someone that I think that I want to trust with talking about this before I instead of starting out with was I just don't believe such and such, and I just think it's all you know I might say well what do you think and kind of work through that and I've had people do that with me well. I've been thinking about this to see what I do and how I deal with that nugget of trust they have given me. Where do I go with it? That like to me is that working it back and forth. Colleen, sorry. And and they're that you are so that it's it's trusting people with your secrets. Right, basically so. That's that's exactly right. And there are many things secrets don't have to be bad. They just no. are. You know, so. Yeah, you're you're struggling with a concept that everybody else gets, and you don't really buy it. Mm -hmm. That's a secret because you don't want to look like you know you you don't believe the word of God, but mm -hmm. you're you you want to explore everything about that to understand right. it better. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. I think that's that's a good illustration. There's a good thoughts about it. So another the, the second word here is the family of God. So how do we define and how does the Bible define the family of God? Colleen, you said you had some ideas for us. Well, I did have a scripture. Uh, and, uh, for, I think it's, let's see, what have I got here? I think it is, I can't remember. I think it's second, second or first Timothy. Sorry, I can't remember which Timothy it is, but five, chapter five, verses one through two uh, read, do not rebuke an older man, but exhort him as a father, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters with all purity. So it, it tells us how to look at them. So, you, so everybody pretty much understands this type of a relationship, all these that are named, and then with uh, all purity and exhort and, and look at them, you know, talk to them like you would your dad or your mom or your sister uh, so that that right there, I think, is a good little picture of the family of God. Oh, I like that. That's a wonderful use of that. We see it a lot with how preachers ought to act toward the members. But that's wonderful to see how God has expressed that relationship uh, of the family. Julie, how about you? Did you have anything? Yeah, I came across Galatians 3, uh, 26, for you're all sons of God. Uh, mm -hmm. through faith in Jesus Christ, for as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. So 
a lot of verses out there, and I've got several listed I could could, could say about being adopted into the family of God. As, you know, as mm-hmm. as we come into Christ and we become a part of that family, and then of course the many many times throughout the Bible that we're referred to as brethren, your mm-hmm. if your brother is. That's right. Well, I had yeah, viewers. I had the advantage because I get to put in on the program, so I <laughs> I got to type mine out. Uh, Romans 8, verses 16 and 17. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, as you had said, sons of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Uh, and that, you know, shows, as Julie had, that we're all children of God. And then I also had 1 Timothy three fifteen, which when I was a kid, I thought that meant when you go to the church building for... You, here's how you need to behave. So, but then I learned better. Uh, you may so that you may know how one ought to behave in the household of God, which is the church of the living God, a pillar and buttress of the truth. Uh, it's not just when you go to the building. You thought good. Yeah, just don't run in the hallway. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> how are you supposed to behave? But uh, um, and and those all those passages let us know that what we're talking about is the family of God, the church. We're all brothers and sisters, children of God, uh, and this is all our family relationship. So what is our, our obligations? And we hate to think of it that way, uh, you know, uh, but sometimes we, we need to get to bottom line. Okay, this is the obligation. What, what is our obligation to one another? Julie, what do you, how do you see that? I think one of our big obligations is to do good for our brethren. So 1 John 3, 16 talks about love, right? But it says, but, but this, excuse me, by this, we know love because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this, whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? So we, we do good for our brethren. That's one big thing. That's good. Yeah, absolutely. I thought of, uh, and we're currently studying First John uh, at uh, our at our church building service. You know, when we have our uh, Bible classes, I should say, uh, at the building, and it's all about love, love one another, loving one another, and so that to me is a big obligation. And if uh, we love one another, we will go on to do many yes. other things for each other. Yes. Yes, it's not just that emotion of, oh, I love you, but it's, as you said, Julie, doing those good things. How about you, Colleen? Well, I saw, here was a question that uh, I don't, I'm not sure if we talked about this, but it was an earlier question you had. If I Mm. don't feel trusting, do I still have to trust? Mm, Good question, yeah. Yes, that was your good good question. Good time to bring it up, I meant. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, And that, I think a lot of people would struggle with that because they have reasons not to trust people and maybe not in any overt showing way, but in their heart, they, they're careful. Uh, Mm -hmm. And now you may not agree with me, but I said, no, I don't think you still have to trust in, in some cases. Um, And you need to learn to get back to that trust if you can But um, Jesus was realistic about the untrustworthy nature of human beings and the need to proceed with caution when sending out his disciples. Um, Matthew 10, 16 says, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. 
So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Mm. So I think we should chew on that a little bit. There are cases where there is someone who uh, may be, you have to adjust the way you approach them possibly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not saying hold a grudge or, or not love them at not saying that though you don't have to do the, uh, that you can hold a grudge. That's not right. And, and uh, not showing love is, is not okay. Cause we're commanded to show love, but he, here he's saying, be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. And there are, you know, other places here. He's, I don't know if, if he's talking about the, uh, he sends out his disciples to, uh, it sounds like they would probably would have been Jews. And so they should be people that they would see maybe as brethren. Yeah. Uh, these were Jews at the time. Uh, so he's saying, be, be careful of people. Just be careful about people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a, a verse very near. You were in, you were in Matthew. Were you in Matthew seven just now? Would you quote it? Yeah. I had a verse from Matthew seven, very similar. Uh, Matthew seven fifteen. He wouldn't have warned us about a wolf's and sheep's wolf in sheep's clothing. So beware of false prophets. He said, um, who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. But we are, to, like you said, we're, are to, we're to be Christ-like and treat people with a, I, I would say, a fair measure of trust, kind of how I would word it. For instance, say we have a new Christian that's learning to change their life. They're learning about the Bible. They're learning what's right, right or wrong. And they invite my kids over to their house. I'm going to be careful if I know that there's something they've been involved in and that they're still working on in their life. I'm going to be careful and I'm not going to give my full trust of my kids with them if I know that there's something they're still working on. Mm-hmm. But of course, I have faith in them that they are working toward that. I'm, I'm proud of them that they're working yeah. on that, but maybe they're not there yet. Mm-hmm. I like the way you put that. That's really good. Well, and sometimes we we don't do people a service or we do them a disservice. I, by trusting them with something that they're not at a point to be able to to take to to act upon properly uh and the temptation is too much for them we don't we're not helping them by saying oh i trust you with everything in my house i'll be gone a week when they're (laughs) thieves you know they're thieves (laughs) i mean that's not that's that's not good for them they need a little trust but some, but some verifying or watching, you know, I mean, we just don't help yeah. them out really, you know, with yeah, that. Like, you know, people that are dating, like somebody that's dating your daughter. Yeah. 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 We just, we're not helping them. So I think that's a really good point. And, and then too, some things like, for example, if I trust you with my wallet and you take my money, okay, big deal. I mean, I, you know, I mean, it's, it's a big deal, but it's Okay. But if I trust you with my child and you negatively affect my child for the rest of their life, that's not, I mean, that's, that's bigger than you taking my money. And well, so it, I think there, it's a good point. There are levels of trust. Right. Well, and we also don't put new Christians in to teach mm-hmm. the Sunday morning adult Bible class in the auditorium <laughs> because mm-hmm. they're still learning. So yeah. it, it's not that they can't be trusted because they're evil. It's that they haven't come to that point yet to be able to handle certain things so something we might call trust 
issues, not really a trust issue, but a, a judgment of who's ready for this, who's prepared for this, maybe. Um, and I, I reached to get my uh, Bible here because I was reminded of Paul and Barnabas and John Mark with the trusting thing. Uh, John, they, let's see, Paul didn't want to take John Mark, wasn't it? Because he had left him once before. Mm -hmm. So really, Paul didn't trust him. Uh, you know, I mean, I'd have to think of it that way. But Barnabas did, and he wanted to take him. So I, there's no indication in Scripture there in Acts that either one was wrong. It was a judgment. And they made a different judgment, each of them had. And so they separated and made two different journeys and which was great, more people heard the gospel, you know, than before. It all then would have if it had just been the one group that went, so possibly. So And that relationship uh, was healed later, Paul mentions yes. John. Mm -hmm. So something happened. Either John right. matured or mm -hmm. whatever. Something happened and they were yeah. they were together again. Yeah. And so one would hope that and and I would assume that John Mark made himself trustworthy again. Uh, and so, you know, brought himself to be more trustworthy in front of Paul. So, um, and we ask is, is, did we answer, is trusting the family of God a command? Do we have a command that we need to trust people? Colleen, what you, do you have? have, well, you, have it, Ila, this was your question. Already? I'm going to let you go first. Is it, do you oh, know? Come on, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I don't love, I don't, I, if there is one, <laughs> let me know. I looked and I tried to find something. Do you know, was there one that you had in mind? And, but I, I do have something to say after you play your okay. cards. There are so many, yeah, that was tricky. I, you know, I ask a lot of questions. That I don't really have an answer to. I was, um, I, I study with people that don't that are have a different viewpoint on the bible than i have and some things that i think well it's obvious everybody knows that um they don't have that same learning they don't have the same experiences of learning that i have had and, and so some of these things come to me because i'm thinking sort of along the lines of somebody who is not had that same learning that i have had so um, okay. And I thought, well, would somebody say, well, I don't trust them. Do I have to? Is it a command? And I no, I don't really know. Uh, I see examples of how we are to treat one another, which would indicate a, a, a trust. But as far as a straight out command, I don't see one. How about you, Colleen? Oh, not, well, not I should that ask I know Julie. Of. Mm -hmm. Did you have you a thought, Julie? Before? Did you want me? Well, I, what I have on that is that we should trust the God's family plan. Ah. Not that we're necessarily in full, that we're commanded to 100% put all of our trust in each person in God's family, but we have trust in his plan that his family is there for us and that we are to be a part of that and to, to work together. And then, like I said before, I think sometimes things come in increments and, um, that, you know, sometimes you lose a trust and you build it back. But, but yeah, I think we, we trust in his plan mm -hmm. and that each individual person, just because they wear the name Christian for the same reasons we mentioned just a few minutes ago, I, I think mm -hmm. we can't always. 
And there were cases, um, you know, it's one thing to, you know, if somebody said they were going to bring macaroni and cheese and they didn't bring it, <laughs> that's one thing. <laughs> but with the Apostle Paul, I mean, probably the deal with John Mark was, it was a case of like, those guys were out in, in, in dangerous places and they needed everybody they could get. And for somebody to leave, I think was, that might've been part of the, the big deal about that. Mm-hmm. Wasn't just like, oh, okay, I'm not, I'm going to go on back. I think it was maybe put the other two in danger or mm-hmm. compromise their mission. I don't know. But um, there were instances in the early church where trust was dubious. Uh, for instance, where Paul is appealing for funding in second Corinthians nine, one through about four or five, it says now concerning the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you, for I know your willingness about which I boast of you to the uh, Macedonians, that Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal has stirred up the majority. Yet I have sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this respect, that I said you may be ready, lest if some Macedonians come with me and find you unprepared, we not to mention you, should be ashamed of that confident boasting. So right there, he's saying, <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, I trust that I'm going to verify. You don't let me down right. here. So that's obvious. And and in a case like that, I mean, this is his paycheck or it's money for people that need, you know, that are having a famine or whatever he was ra- raising money for. This was serious stuff. And so I see this as being, uh, something a, a case where he's not necessarily just entirely trusting of his brethren. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. That reminds me of uh, the letter to Philemon. It was I'm sending Onesiphorus Onesiphorus back. I trust that you will treat him right, but I want to be sure. You know, I just <laughs> want to remind you. So again, uh, you know, he's he expresses trust. And he also reminds him at the same time. So good points. Very good. Lots for us to think about there. Um, And I'm going to skip one of the questions, ladies. So I want to ask, how can I lose the trust that is given to me as a member of the family of God? Uh, If what can what might I do just in a practical sense? How can I lose someone's trust? Who's got a thought there? I think the the quick and easy is just to act sinfully. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Quick and easy answer. I mean, um, I, I, but I do think gossiping, being loose with other people's private information, um, flaking out on people when you've said that you would would do something, not following through. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of that makes makes it difficult to put your trust in somebody. By not showing up, by doing things that are not entirely honest, that are self-serving. And sometimes that is just a matter of, of just judgment because, you know, sometimes people, some people have been reared to think it is like almost morally wrong to be late for something or if they, mm-hmm. they were taught that or this or that, they've got things that they really think are so important that, that, that they really yeah. prize. And maybe it's just a, a cultural thing. Maybe, maybe it's just in their family. It's just something that they have thought is important. Or it could be that maybe, yeah, from your 
perspective. You're saying that I'm not entirely honest about that, but mm -hmm. well, let's look at this. That why, why that you know maybe maybe I'm looking at people wrong, and it, you know when you have two people on on two sides of a situation, it's it's really difficult. So I guess we have to bear with one another, like the Bible tells us to do. Yeah. It's tough. Mm -hmm. And communication is so much the key to it. Loving one another and communicating and saying, this is what I was thinking. You know, you did this, this is what happened, and this was how I felt about it. Can we talk about that? And that's hard to do, honestly. And as women, we quite often don't want confrontation. We, it's hard for us, for women, to just to say, or and it's vulnerable to say, I was really hurt by that. Uh, and both of those will really get in the way of communicating in terms of trusting one another, I think. And I think um, when you are on the receiving end of that, like if you come to me and you, you say, you know, you taught something I really don't agree with, or you, you, uh, you, you said you were gonna show up for and help teach this class and you didn't show up. I have to be really careful to not get defensive mm -hmm. and say, well, let's talk about that. And I, that's really hard. It's just something you have to develop, or at least I yeah. had to develop and I'm not great at it now, but that's the thing with, when people do come to you, you better be receptive. Mm -hmm. And even if it's a totally bogus claim, right. you need to at least say, well, let's, let's, let's talk about that. And let, mm -hmm. let me see about that. And it, it, at least be open. Otherwise people will run from you. They'll skitter away. They don't want to, they don't want confrontation. Mm -hmm. And so everybody mm -hmm. just clams up and the trust is gone. I, you know, I haven't really, I haven't really thought about that, Colleen, but we teach our kids to apologize for every little thing. Mm -hmm. But do we teach our kids to accept other people's apologies? Do we talk to them about how to do that and what sort of mm -hmm. things you could say and do while someone else is coming to you? We, we don't do that as often. Yeah, and I've taught, I think I've said this in my kids' Bible class. I've said this maybe to my, my children. I don't know, somebody somewhere along the way. I've said, like, if someone comes to you and apologizes, I know we're getting a little off track, but if they apologize, <laughs> say, forgiven. Or ask them what they're apologizing for. They, you may, yeah. they may have done uh, like 10 things, and maybe you need to know exactly which one which they're one apologizing one? for. Yeah. But, but just say, forgiven. And instead of, oh, that's okay. Oh, I didn't mm -hmm. even know. Don't. Just, just say forgiven, because forgiven. if you say that's okay, it sounds like you're, it wasn't wrong. I mean, unless yeah. you really think it wasn't wrong, but and sometimes people apologize for things that aren't wrong. Uh, but we do, like Julie was saying, that is great, you know, to teach them mm -hmm. how to take a, an apology. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in the same way, how to, to tell somebody, you know, what you did hurt me and, I'd like to talk about just just being able to know the words to say. You know, a lot of times we'll say, "Well, and we're angry. We don't know how to start it out." But we, if we just know some calm words to say, uh, I know I've I always used to when I would work with students, I would always tell them, "Just just three seconds, just three heartbeats." You know, somebody says something and it riles you up. Just give it three heartbeats. Just think a moment. You can just say, "Well." and think and before you respond that gives you some time to get your heart right and get your mind in gear with what god wants you to do but 
it is hard when somebody comes to you and tells you that um, you're something you've done has bothered them or upset them in some way. So um, and right, going right I, along with that, also learning how to apologize to people. If you've grown up in a family where your parents didn't apologize when they were wrong or your brothers and sisters didn't, didn't come to you, then you, you will have trouble going to mm -hmm. people and say, you know what? I said that and I misspoke. I shouldn't have said that. That was actually not yeah. the truth. It was not quite honest what I said or, or, you know, the other day when I laughed at that joke and then and it made you feel bad, I, I apologize. It's just, you have to get to where the, t the words roll off your tongue and start with your kids. Mm -hmm. Start with That's your kids. My kids are probably watching this and going, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but I kids tried. I, I, yeah. I, I, it, the more you do it, the more, mm -hmm. the, the easier it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right about that. Um, we wanted to talk some about um, how do I conduct myself so that other family members and that's members of the family of God will be feel able to trust me uh, we have a comment somebody who was thinking ahead with me uh, Marcia Gray Patterson some thoughts are being a friend cultivate trust be a sounding board share our experiences be dependable empower others be compassionate invest in them and pray for them um, and I mean, I think we could talk about these particular things uh, that uh, Marsha has brought up for a long time, but these are wonderful ideas of how we can build trust, how we can help others to want to trust us. Uh, because, you know, the old, just trust me, you know, is, is not, I mean, it's a thing to say, of course, but as they say, you never trust anybody that tells you to trust but um, uh, what are some things that you think of as, as things that um, would help others, how we can act so that others can trust us? Well, I, I like what uh, the viewer wrote. Was it, did you say Marsha? Marsha. Mm -hmm. Marsha. Uh, one, of, one of the things that she said, uh, talking about, uh, let's see, be dependable. Mm -hmm. So if you commit to something, let's say somebody you're, you're at church, somebody says, could you do this such and such for this class? Or could you make some copies or do something? Don't just say, oh, yeah, sure. And then go on. You, you do just follow good business practices, good productivity practices. Write it down. Mm -hmm. Set an alarm. If there's a deadline, keep in touch with the person. Let them know that you're, you're going to be getting it done. But don't just verbally agree in a conversation because you'll forget it. Oh, I will. I will forget it. So the other person then thinks she doesn't have to come back and prompt you because you said you would do it. But then if you forget, it's awkward and she doesn't want to embarrass you. Mm -hmm. So just you just get into the habit of, okay, let me write it on this little sticky note and stick it, you know, where I won't forget it. Uh, that just a little thing like that as tiny little thing, because, you know, logistics is a big part of of operating in the church of God, yeah. right? We, That's right? We have to have people do this and be here and help with this and, and, and all kinds of stuff. And I think that's one of the big ways that people show whether they're very mature or not, if they can do the little thing that you ask them to do. So that's easy stuff. Write it down, set an alarm, 
and then keep in touch with the person. Let them know you'll be handing that in soon or you're going to be there Wednesday night to help teach the class or whatever. Good points. Julie, how about you? What are some things that we can do to help others to trust us? Yeah. So one of the things that I struggle with is to listen more than I talk. <laughs> and if you truly hear what someone else says, then you'll be better able to, well, communicate with them, obviously, but you'll be able be, better able to follow through. You'll understand their instructions better if they're telling you something that you need to do. You're less likely to offend them because you didn't say the wrong thing. Um, that's something that I, I really try to remind myself of. I'm, I'm a talker. And so, <laughs> you know, you, they, they always say, listen, but don't be thinking about what your response is going to be. Mm -hmm. Only be listening because we tend to do that. We, we think of what our response is going to be right. instead of actually hearing what the person says. So that, that's something I try to work toward. Another thing that I thought of is uh, my husband, he, a lot of times he'll be what we call the checker <laughs> at church. The one that makes sure that everyone that is um, on the, on the docket for the day is there to lead the singing, say the prayers, you know, awesome. wait on the Lord's table, whatever it is. He, he does that a lot. And I, I see him struggling sometimes with, texting this person they, they never answer back are you good for tonight well, I don't know I never heard from him I've got to find him when I get to the church building to make sure he's there because he didn't answer me Th things like that you, you really you want to be dependable with things like that you want to um, if you know I know when because he's done it so often he tends to just go and find the person that he knows is the checker and say I'm here and I'm good for tonight so right. that, that pressure off of them mm -hmm. that they're not looking for him Instead of having to go to each classroom to try to find that person, he just finds right. them and says, I'm here and I know I'm leading the prayer. Mm -hmm. I like that. When, uh, again, here's another one of my our viewers that's thinking what I'm thinking. Uh, Deanna Moorhead says, if someone tells you something in confidence, keep it between the two of you. And that to me is such an important part of being trustworthy is that when someone uh, shares with you they tell you something and either they tell it to you in confidence so obviously it's just between us they say you know they say that or if you're not sure if they mean for that to be shared with everybody or not keep it to yourself quite often we want to try out sometimes i think things sound differently in our head than they do when we say them out loud to somebody and sometimes things that we're wondering about uh, of the scriptures or things that we're not sure about, when we say them out loud to someone, we think, well, no, that's the, that's, of course, that's not what the Bible says. You know, and we just, it just sounds different. And, but it's been said then. And so when someone says that, something like that to you, keep it to yourself, or if it's a, a personal problem or a family, of, you know, in the earthly family issue, just you should keep those things to yourself. And boy, that can be hard. I'm from the South and we like to share the news. And there's just something about being the first one that knows, it, you know, and to tell everybody. So, and that's gossip. You can't get around it. That's just straight gossip. But we have to be careful of that. And that is part of not being trustworthy. If someone, you know, well, we can't talk to her because she is tell everybody, you know, we can't just get that. 
so I appreciate that, Deanna. That's one of those uh, good things that we really is what helps us to trust people. I like that. Um, how do I show that I don't trust a member of God's family? How do I reveal that lack of trust? How, how, how can, you know, do I, I mean, some people would just, just tell others, don't, don't ask them. You can't count on them to do it. Should we say that? Is that something we ought to, to say? Or uh, we, we reveal ourselves, I think, in ways. Um, but um, if we don't trust somebody, what should we do or say? Any thoughts? You, you have something, Julie? If we, if we don't trust them, what should we do if, or say? If we have found that we don't trust them uh, because they have let us down, <laughs> you know, in some way, and someone, you know, I mean, how should we, our, I guess our visual, our verbal actions when people hear and, and see what we're saying, what, what should that be? Is there a should be or shouldn't be? How should we act or should we not act towards somebody like that? Yeah, I find that a little bit hard to answer just because each situation is mm -hmm. so unique. And I think my reaction would be very different depending on, on the situation. Mm -hmm. Um, I had read when I studied this, I read the question a little differently. So I have a different angle. Oh, okay. Answered a different question than, than, than what you asked. But, yeah. um, but what, what should I do? I think that I should give them, like I said early, some measure of trust. What measure that is would kind of depend on the situation, uh, maybe depend on the importance of them coming through. You know, are, are they supposed to be there for some event and there's going to be 10 kids sitting there with no teacher if they don't show up? Um, or, or is did I just ask them to, like Colleen said, make some copies? Well, can I just run down and make those copies myself right before class starts? Well, yeah. So I, I think it depends a lot on what, what that situation will be. Mm -hmm. um, I might have a plan for those important situations, but I would probably try to keep that secret. <laughs> Even, even if you don't feel really confident, sometimes it's prudent to take a chance or offer a role where you can mentor. Look, we've mm. we've got Christians that are either brand new and they are just they they're really starting from scratch. They may be adults, but they're starting from scratch. They don't know how all this works. Or you've got kids that are Christians, and you know you you can't just throw them in. Or at least you're you know you want to. It's prudent to not just throw them in and say, hey, you want to do this? And <laughs> just let them go. So maybe something where you can mentor. Think mm. of ways where you can develop talent. That's what we're trying to do. We're developing talent. So ask them if they'd like to do this, but could they help? I've had people, uh, I remember years ago, I had a, a, a girl, a teenage girl that was a Christian. She did a whole bunch of laminating for me, which I loved. And, and so, you know, she, I could kind of tell her what to do she knew how to do the laminator, which I did not. And so that was a really good situation. I, I, I know a woman who uh, remembers when she was a child and she, she offered to help an adult with organizing a bunch of supplies. And then, and she really took a lot of guts to even ask. She was a kid, she was in elementary school. And then the person never came back to her or followed up or anything. She always remembered it. She it made her feel bad. 
because mm -hmm. she had been excited because she would get to do this. And then the person yeah. didn't even ask. So mm -hmm. we have to be really careful because we're developing talent. And, but right. we all we understand we, we want um, we, not everybody's ready for every job, but but they can yeah. be ready to start on the road to self-improvement and, and learning mm -hmm. a new skill. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's very important. Sometimes, you know, we say, well, I could do it myself faster. And that's maybe true, but you're not developing talent if you don't. Uh, and that's a wonderful thing. We should be looking at not not only giving, you know, verse by verse Bible study information, but we should be developing them in their walk with God. Absolutely. So um, so. I did make that question up on the spot, Julie. So uh, I apologize for that. So, which was the one you had answered? What was that? Which question was it you had answered? What did I ask? Um, oh, how my well, I, I, it, it was the same question. I just read it as what might it look like if somebody didn't trust somebody? What oh, might yeah, that that's look good. like? And so I had thought, well, it might look like excluding them from things, which is sort of oh. like what y'all just talked about. And and that was, yeah, that was the direction I had taken with it. Someone might see me if, if I didn't trust someone. And if that looked bad on me, that's one of the things that I might do is exclude people from things because I'm afraid that they won't follow through or that they'll mm -hmm. do it wrong or, or whatever. Right. I, I also knew someone who grew up and said that when they were young, like maybe college age, somebody was coming around and asking for donations for like, I don't know, something, maybe the flower fund, just individually asking if anybody wanted to donate or, or something like that. And uh, this person offered, you know, said, here's some money. And the person wouldn't take it because, because she was a young, she was probably, you know, a young adult. Yeah. So the, the person probably thought that, oh, she can't afford that or whatever. But see, you can be looking like you're excluding people. Mm -hmm. That's, that's you something just, they can do. Let them do it. If so, you know, maybe somebody that's handicapped or has something, they or they just don't know how to do it. They don't feel like they can do a lot. Mm -hmm. If they offer to do something, let them do it. Right. You just made me think of a story that um, Bill Hall once told. He at a congregation he was in the past. You know, you, you used to have the, some some congregations probably still do the sign up list for each month. A different family cleans the building. Right. So he said that he had seen one time the Singletons had signed up, but they didn't have a family called the Singletons. Come to find out it was all the single people, the unmarried oh. people <laughs> had cute. come together and decided yeah. that they would clean the building and they signed themselves up as the Singletons. <laughs> but who would have expected, yeah. you know, you don't, you may not go and ask a single person, Hey, could you take a turn cleaning the building? But yeah, they took yeah. care of that themselves. So again, a very trustworthy pretty thing smart. to do that right. wasn't expected out of them. Pretty smart. Mm -hmm. Pretty smart. That's right. Um, so uh, I'm going to skip to that last question I sent you. How have other members, family members, the family of God, shown their trust <laughs> for me? What have you personally experienced when someone shows that they trust you? And for me, it has been that when I say, would you like to study the Bible? They say, yes, and I've got a friend that I'd like to bring to, that they trust me with the word of God. I mean, that just is, wow. I mean, 
it just makes me feel so good to for them to have that trust that I'm going to teach as best I can the word of God with integrity. Uh, that to me is is super. How about y'all? Well, y'all have I, any? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it, it occurred to me when people ask me to participate things that they themselves are involved in. If, if they if they have enough faith in me and trust in me to want me to participate in something that matters to them, then uh, that that makes me feel good. I feel I feel trusted and and that that they know they can depend on me. I've had cases uh, in teaching Bible class uh, where a child was misbehaving, or maybe they just weren't doing their work. You know, they weren't doing their memory work or whatever. And I went to the parents, and and the parents were like. It, it will be done. Thank you. And that does make you feel better <laughs> because, you know, yeah. it's not good news. It's bad news. But they and, and sometimes the child really, you know, did misbehave. And and they but they say, well, we'll we'll take care of it. Thank you. And I, I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. When you're trusted that what you're saying, the way you're seeing it is the way that it is, yeah, without, uh, you know, that's true. Yeah, good. yeah, because like, there's no witness, unless the maybe another teacher, but, you know, they're just trusting that if yeah if she says, then I, we're, we're going to go with what she's saying. Right. That's great. That's great. How about you, Isla? Uh, well, uh, you know, I, I agree. And um, I think, you know, being asked to, as Julie said, participate in things or, or being asked to, could we were thinking, can we like to do this? Would you help us, or would you, you know, lead this? I'm I'm known as the organizer uh, at at our congregation because I have this meticulous sense of getting everything <laughs> in order, and, and so school it, principal. It make, yeah, yeah, that's right, school principal, and and it makes me want to do more for the Lord and for the family because there I'm trusted to do a a good job to do what needs to be done and. Uh, and that's what that trust that we have for one another should make us and, and encourage us to want to do more and to do it better. Uh, and I mean, it does make us feel good. We just have a, 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 a real positive feeling, but that feeling should make us want to encourage us and edify us and want make us want to do better. So that's good I appreciate y'all being with us this evening with me and, um, I think I've said it before, but I'll tell y'all, all our viewers, one more time. We are looking for Cindy to join us, but it'll be like the 1st of March before she'll be back again. But uh, it has been such a pleasure, Julie, to have you and Colleen uh, and with me tonight to, to talk about the joy of trusting the family of God. Such wonderful thank you. lessons. And thank you for all the work you put on this. Oh, oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, I love to ask questions. I don't always know the answer, but I yeah, love it. But also answer. producing the show too. Ah, that's not well, easy that's when you're, you know, when you're performing as well and speaking. Trying to keep up with it. Yeah. So well, we'll, we're going to close out. And I want to remind our viewers that next week, Julie will be on with my daughter, Beth and Christine, uh, who will be talking about understanding the autistic person with the love of God. Uh, and, we talked about the parents' viewpoint in raising a child who has, is on the autism spectrum. And tomorrow night, or next week rather, they're going to talk about 
from the autistic person's standpoint, how can we, uh, that, how can they be understood? How can the family of God understand their differences and their superpowers and as Beth loves to call it? And, and how can we encourage one another in that sense when we have that different style uh, of thinking? Uh, and so I hope that you will join us next week for that. Um, in the meantime, please be sure to watch Answering Religious Error on Tuesday evenings at 8 o'clock Eastern. And then watch on Wednesday's Bible Q&A. Great program with uh, your Bible questions answered. Monday through Friday, the Daily Answer podcast. And there's a wonderful podcast for us to listen to, to help every day to keep up with our spiritual growth. And before we leave, I wanted to say that, and just kind of as a closing statement, our hearts are bound to one another with the love of God. When we talk about how we're the family of God, um, as saved children of God, we are in fellowship with God and with one another. And when we pray to God, we pray for one another. Our hope for salvation is our aim on this earth. Just as we share the fears and the woes and the burdens and the cares of this world, even to that point of tears of sympathy, we share comfort from each other and from God. So the next time that you sing, blessed be the tie that binds, think about how we trust and help and encourage one another in the family of God. Uh, so we want to wish you all a good evening.